Watch this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills and for a change I'm joined by Sam Williams. Gentlemen, good evening. And Bruce Fitzpatrick. Hello. The crew back together. What a great few days. Has been a good few days and it has been a while. Doesn't seem like doesn't seem like we've been together chatting in this format for a little while but we have been together in the last few days we've been mm. at our christmas party in the annual trip to rye which is uh was a very special few days how are the heads i don't think we really hung out it was the weird thing so we were all three of us in the same room for the vast majority of two days and i don't seem to remember many times no. where the three of us were collectively interacting yeah, urban we were, golf's just a bit of a lair, isn't it? You know, you can kind of get lost in there in amongst all of the sort of frivolities and ball striking and club tinkering and club gazing. It's all, um, yeah, it's all very exciting. Why don't you give us a top-level rundown of what, what's been going on, Samuel? Well, we had our Christmas party, didn't we? Um, we had it was advertised year, which... to all, wasn't it? It was, ab- it was Absolutely. open Absolutely. and advertised to all. And like every time we do an event, I come away thinking, God, we could do events like almost every week. Like these are so good. Like this, yeah. this is the highlight. Um, yeah. So we had about 70 or 80 people down at Urban Golf. We did it last year, but we didn't really give any thought, if I'm honest, to the com- competitive ed- element to it. So this time, this one club competition, which he was billing as the Crump Cup of British indoor golf. Um so we decided to lay that on, which was brilliant. We'll talk about it. But it was it was great sort of getting everyone down. And I was, if I'm honest, I was a little bit nervous. I thought we've got the train strikes in London. It was incredibly cold. It's also pretty much like Christmas party season for seemingly anyone who has a job, which is, you know, plenty of reasons why people wouldn't come. And it was an unbelievable turnout. So it was it was really nice. And do you know what? Urban Golf is just a really good venue, isn't it, in London? Yeah. It's really cool. I've been there quite a few times now. It's so good. Um, yeah, it was tip top. And actually, the, com- the the competition worked really well. The whole thing was, was first class, really. Yeah, we say it all the time, don't we? But I think the most rewarding and fulfilling parts of, of doing Cookie Jar is kind of seeing the people that you bring together and that you interact with quite often via email or, or via Instagram and other forms of social media and to get everyone together, a bunch of golf sickos or golfing perverts, as you like to call them, Sam, get them all to, together in one room and just, you know, shooting the pill into the simulator is quite, quite good fun, really, isn't it? Especially yeah, in that kind of like artistic yeah. form of golf as as well, you know, there's no bomb and gouge there. Yeah, I think the so the simulator golf, if I'm honest, is not a draw for me. I don't know about you guys; it doesn't. You know, but you do a bit of it, don't you, Tom? Bruce, much simulator golf? I don't know. But it's not as good as the real thing. I, mean, I think that's, you know, yeah. that's no, but that's like I've, I've never make, really done it, but, and yeah. I, I always feel like it's completely abstract. Like you just literally take a run at the ball, smash it into the net as hard as you can. It where it finishes has little to no correlation with the shot that it shows on screen. And I don't know. There's <laughs> not, not, not massive advert for urban golf. Then. Well, no, this is where I'm going with it. It, it gets there. 
disruption. The, the, the premise behind the event is we put this one club on one club event on, which was a knockout, you know, around the old course, loads of shots, different variety, lots of different stuff to play with the intent that you could show that the sim is very flexible and produces shots that pretty much stack up with how they would be in, in real life. I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought the shots did. I thought the sims they've got there are brilliant. Um, you know, when I was trying to hit a sort of a 120-yard sort of cutty 50% six iron or whatever, where it went was kind of where I would have thought it would have gone after off the face. I know it's no perfect science, but I was I was like, actually, it bears a fairly reasonable resemblance to this. Yeah, I mean, simulator goals come on leaps and bounds generally. You know, you see so many facilities now popping up in in cities all over the world um uh, and you know clearly attractive for, for working professionals in a city that want to try and work on their game but also socially i mean it brings together so many people like you know you, you can't deny that that getting together 60 70 people the tech itself is so good that you feel like the shots that you're hitting are, are are pretty bang on in terms of how they're displayed and what the outcomes you've seen on the screen it's kind of you can see how how the tech has evolved and how the the places have evolved so going from uh, what must have been you know when the, when the tech emerged you know like a like a purist thing we talked about this last week how the, it must have been for the purists and now you go down there and it's just a bar and you've got the wings and you've got the food and the drinks and it's all very social now but it, it's interesting because i i was using some very stiff um mirror which I just could not keep on the planet. I just literally, I thought the sim must have been, I thought the sim was bogus because it couldn't have been me. I was just like absolutely striping this thing and I could not keep it. I don't know whether, is there some science behind something why you keep going right? I'm just going dead right. Literally just yeah, dead it's right. It's what's called, yeah, too much shaft for you, mate. So I don't actually know if the sim was inaccurate. There. I think you're just, you're just not swinging the thing quick enough and stressing the shaft. So it sounds like it was yeah. pretty bang on accurate. Actually, no, 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 I don't think Perfect. so. Perfect. Using the Torx. So. Yeah. Funnily Project enough, though, Tom, when you, when you, yeah. Funny enough, when when you were put into a sort of lady soft flex, mm. all of a sudden you start hitting it darts straight down the middle. And, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It couldn't have been me. I, I know the best part. I know my numbers. <laughs> the best part to be the end of the night, Bruce. When Tom's got this Torx shaft in a. I didn't know it at the time, but it was like a, a bladed sort of 1980s one iron. Oh yeah, I was we watching Tom that, work yeah. on his work, work on his swing. He's doing all the sort of posturing with it, moving around it, and I'm watching him thrash away on this thing, and it's not getting above like ankle height. Just oh, give shouted, me some what credit. A, give me some. And I credit. shouted across was, to you. No, no, I, I was getting it quite high, but Sam's giving me this. Mate, you're just doing it all wrong. Like you don't I was know like, how to what hit. What are you iron. doing? And he was like, he was like, well, do you want to have a go? And I was like, yeah, I'll show you how to do it. And I was like, oh, it's a one iron. Now I see what we're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, it was great. Who, who's going to fill us in on the format? Because we managed to essentially replicate yeah. uh, a, a mid amateur format almost within here, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, so it's good, good fun. Sign up in advance. Um, and, and actually, a few people who came along just in time, I mean, that was the best endorsement of it all. A few people who came along just intending to stay for a couple of beers and then head off ended up then signing up on the spot for the Speed Knockout, a.k.a. the Crump Cup of Indoor Golf. So we had a pre-qualifier. The first three holes on the old course at St Andrews, you had to pick one club and then play those three holes. And essentially, uh, the top eight, qualifiers progress to match play and it's quite difficult really because 
you know, a lot of people, the consensus was going for like a six iron, five or a six iron. Um, and I don't know if you guys sort of found this to be the case. Well, no, actually, I know what you did, Sam, because I played with you. We were in the in the, in the group, and <laughs> you obviously there's a bit of adrenaline pumping because you've got you know thirty, forty plus people watching you possibly. Um, and I remember just stepping up, thinking, right, I'm just going to just try and hit this thing out the middle of the club and like you know first hole of the old course, like the fairways, two hundred yards wide, should be okay. Like a, you know hit it out there, it should fade, it should it should fade, <laughs> anyway, it should fade. Um, yeah, made quite nice contact, hit this thing down there, kind of trundled along, downwind, and all of a sudden, I've got like 130 yards yeah. in for my second shot, over a burn, off a sort of tight lie. Um, not that the lie, I guess, is, is you can read still too much tight into on it, the mats. Yeah. yeah, it's still tight on the mat, isn't it? And then you're thinking, all right, okay, this is, this. I've really not thought this through. I should have just tried to nerdle one down there and leave myself a full shot in. And that, mm. like, yeah, that strategic element's there straight away. Obviously, the greens are massive on the old course. So if you can get the, get through those first three holes and, and, and just try and, like, control your distance well enough, like, you know, they're fairly generous holes. And I think the, if I'm right, I think the, the leading leading score by Rob McGurk was one under par. Yeah. Which really was strong. bearing in mind he's just got his out of status back. I Googled it last night. He would have been if he was in a straight duck shoot with Cameron Smith in the final round of the open this year, he would have been stood on the fourth tee with the lead in hand. Like that was a <laughs> that was a ballsy start with one club in his hand. He's just got his bloody amateur status back. I mean it's incredible. But yeah. I mean, there was a big difference in the scores. Like, I didn't see... There wasn't loads of loads, like, crazy low scores. But you needed quite a good number to qualify. What like I, Yeah, like, yeah. I played... You're a fan of the tack fat, aren't you, Bruce? Oh, my word. Yeah, you wouldn't have got away with those, I don't think, on proper <laughs> proper turf. Those mats at Urban Golf are... They're very, very good mats. But, yeah, the first couple you hit were as fat as a badger's ass, <laughs> And you managed to, like... You managed to... Hopped the thing the over the burn on the like he stepped up and just gotten so late on this first one. Right, no, not late actually, the opposite of late. He's gotten so early on the first one that this six iron's just sort of been trundled down there. And then you've just tried to nail the next one out of your boots, and it's like you know, two bounces and hop the burn. Then you rolled one in <laughs> like 50 feet, one under par through one. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on here? How did you fare, Tom? Um, it's one club, six iron, first three, first three holes of the old course, like it's been said. So I, I took a six. Um, it was just fairly standard stuff, you know, missed the green, <laughs> didn't get up and down. Pretty much the story of my golf in, mm. in how it went. So I usually up, up there or thereabouts with a, after two shots and then didn't get up and down. So it was just a, a flat out three over. Through three holes, not going to get it done. Exactly the same score as Bruce Fitzpatrick, even though when Bruce missed the cut, God, there was like a public inquiry in front of the whole they was, crowd. They were checking the, they were checking the kit. It was working. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, the simulators at Urban Golf are fantastic, best in the business, but I did have a putt on the third that was misread. You know, it didn't, <laughs> it, it didn't read the first one. Obviously, uh, easy to do in simulator golf, I should add. You're trying to blade this six iron and you know, from where the camera's reading it, it's quite easy for the club head to sort of cover the ball a little bit with a camera sensor. It's quite easy for it to, to cover the ball so it can't sense the ball speed and therefore it just sort of holds fire and, and doesn't read the shot, which is fair enough. 
that just spooked me a little bit. And the next putt from, <laughs> from sort of 15 feet. Well, no, it's true. The next putt from 15 feet, I then drilled it 80 feet past. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, just spooked me. Just spooked me. Can we talk you know. about the knockouts? So then the medicine before we get the there, be- before we get there. So this is a, we managed to rifle through the best part of 40 odd entrance, 45. I think a huge thing should be said for there were quite a few people turned up. I'd say nearly 50% of the people that were there. We're just there to watch and booze. They're like, no, I'm not interested in competitive golf. Just want to drink and, and watch. And there's a great crew of people. And there was a great it? crowd of people. And then while this is going on, you've got Dan Davis, again, former podcast, uh, journalist extraordinaire, who'd, uh, who'd had a little PA system set up and was commentating over the whole thing. Um, so we had a live commentator and some kind of guest commentators dro- dropping in and out of the, in and out of the booth. So it's all kind of ramped up, and then you've got Rob McGurk shot. What's that? Dan was just on Dan. He, he was, was brilliant. Because brilliant, as people were playing, I mean, he, when you say commentating, it wasn't really like, oh, you know, here, here goes Sam. Oh, he's blocked one. It was like he'd be sat there going, oh, I've just had a lovely, set, lovely text here from Simon Laban. Sends his apologies for not being here this evening. Simon's a cracking golfer, by the way, guys. He plays off 14 handicap at Surbiton. And it was all these obscure people that was just either sent their apologies in or it was just fictional tales. It was so good. He was, he was, he was first class on the mic. He was very, very good, wasn't he? And we managed to get it down to eight. So we get through the stroke play. And I think controversially... Rob McGurk, who has come in at one under and the only person to have broken par, and then just sort of bows out. Just so, you know, he's, he he had a train to get at 10.30 and he said, I'm not going to make it through to the final. I've got the time. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm just going to watch. And him mm. and Ali, his, his, his lovely wife, just sat there and drank and watched. Unbelievable scenes bunker with that little workshop like there was so many people having a tour in that mm. i mean anyone who goes to urban golf in london has to see the workshop it is i know we've talked about it a couple of times now but it is just superb in there isn't it and quite tidy recently you know as of late it's pretty tidy james has really got it in order when i <laughs> when i went there in august time it was, it was like someone had just yeah, the bomb had gone like, off, and for some unknown like reason, yeah, yeah, the bomb had gone off and just exploded. Retro, vintage blade irons, one irons, hickories, fantastic drivers from the sort of two thousand and five, two thousand and seven vintage, just all over the place. Grip shafts, all of it, and you just couldn't, you couldn't really wade <laughs> through it all. Whereas now it's been very neatly ordered by yeah. by James. He's he's finally decided to get it all neatly aligned, and um. Yeah, it's just you can spend hours in there, can't you? You talk about the great rooms in golf, Sam. And I know you're very keen, for example, on snooker rooms room in, in clubhouses. Billiard room, but, room, the room. room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The workshop slash bunker at golf is, is is right up there with great rooms in golf, I think. That combination of that sort of curved screen and all the little gadgets that, that, that James has got there for club fitting and also just hitting shots on the simulator, coupled with his workshop. Um, it's just yeah it's, it's pretty great here's a question for you I'm not saying you're going to do it because maybe we could do a little piece on this but what would be harder to pick for both of you guys your top five golf courses or your top five rooms in golf I only think that I think it'd be harder to do golf courses because there are a plethora of fantastic golf courses and the things that, that differ with these golf courses are nuanced 
I don't think we've I got the it. abundance of good rooms. Like there are some really, mm. really good rooms. And if you ask me to differentiate some of those outstanding rooms, like I said before, like the archive room at Nairn. Yeah, we. This is a pod. Wow. I mean, I don't think we've ever come up with a pod idea, an idea for a podcast whilst Mid-pod. on a live podcast. This might actually be. Are you going to commit to this one? Are we going to commit to doing it? I think we should. Yeah, the best rooms in golf, and obviously anyone listening is welcome to send in some pre-pod suggestions. Would be uh, yeah, very much we appreciated. Can debate them live on air. Anyway, we digress. James's room, so, James's bunker, uh, urban golf. Yeah. Um, well worth a visit. Fantastic place to uh to, to to host exclusively the knockout stages of the um of the crumb mm. cup of indoor golf wasn't it so we had qualifying on the three sims which james kindly um sort of rented out or booked out for us i should say at urban and then yeah a significant cost as well to him to himself yeah so it's bouncing this in time there, isn't of year. It? It's a big big <laughs> place and christmas parties i mean the number of uh <laughs> Big four consultancy accountancy practices law firms. I mean, it's surprising, actually. <laughs> you know, so uh, just to put some colour on this, I mean, for those people who don't know, our Christmas party is free of charge, and people can come and play and drink and do whatever they like. And a huge thank you to James and Urban, you know, for letting us do it there. And, and like you say, he he laid out a significant cost for us to be able to do that. So huge thank you to to James. I think at this point as well, by the way, we should also give thanks to. Uh, the guy running around like a blue ass fly. No, you, I'm not taking any more praise, guys. Honestly, it's not uh, not while I'm on pod. I'm blushing. Um, big thank you to Sam Clapham, who's our um, first employee that ran around, made sure everyone was there, sorted things out, and made sure yeah, he did a great job smoothly. That that took a bit of logistics actually, and and it's the great thing about the events is that you're hanging out and chatting to people. But then if you've actually got any level of admin to do, like you're toast, like yeah. you're going to do a bad job at both. So you know he was he was all over that stuff, and it yeah ran great. Um, he was the jar point man, wasn't he? Well, you were swanning around on a late train down from Warwick. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Bold. Oh, hello, chaps. Good to see you. <laughs> Can you believe they only do one train an hour from Warwick Parkway to London? For anyone in America, just to give you some context, Warwick Parkway is probably no more than 80 miles outside London. It's a proper commuter belt little train from anyone outside the immediate catchment of London. Like you'd go to Warwick Parkway. One it's on the main line hour. to Birmingham. Like if you want to get from Crazy. Birmingham to London, you've got to go through Warwick. Anyway, disaster. But spoiler alert, James did go on to win the knockout, which... Um, you know, I suppose we thank him for his hospitality and, and for the use of the Sims. Can you win your own golf tournament? I think there's a massive question mark mm-hmm. on that. Although the jar has got bad form for this. I, if I can knee on that though, didn't I? I actually took the knee and got demoted down to third, which, mm. you know, well, absolutely in the prizes. Yeah. In the prizes of it. So look, you know, there's a risk there. Yeah. I think, you know, from, from, James is a purist, isn't he? And I can sympathise with it. If you, you can't chuck it, can you? He could have got to the final and chucked it, but it's just absolutely not the thing he's going to do. And I sort of take my hat off to him. I kind of understand that's not going to. Uh, that's that's not something as as a as a purist he can live with. But nevertheless, um, when you've got such a unique format that you're so well versed in that he's no <laughs> yeah. doubt had a lot of practice on. Um, we're going to have to open an ethics ethics committee inquiry, I think, into uh, <laughs> into the validity of this victory because uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a few searching questions to be asked. 
I nearly had him in the quarters as well, but let's not dwell on it. It was a great evening, um, an absolute joy. And then, of course, we travelled down and played a bit of golf down at Rye. Um, very much. Sorry, like sorry, we've just glossed over that a little bit. Do you want to circle back because we didn't actually cover the format of the of the sort of? Oh yeah, we should we should one hundred percent. Yeah. So you so mentioned the, the... you mentioned you have him there. So. <laughs> Before you just sort of end skip skip the right the way through and just sort of gloss over the fact that you didn't quite manage to have him after all um but those who weren't there with your benefit uh obviously the prequel was three holes stroke play first three holes of the old with with one club the quarterfinal was then the next four holes of the old course with one club just mm. straight up match play um the semi was that five holes i mean Memories get a little bit hazy Five at this holes point. and then six holes, yeah. I and think. then the final was six holes. Which is obviously up through the iconic stretch six, there. Yeah. Yeah. So it really had a kind of crescendo there to the to the um to the finale. Like a and a script, lot of people watching it? it by that. Well, I think we should probably publish that match report I played around with last night because I thought it'd be funny to write a little mm. match report. And yeah. the the final looked like it looked like we weren't going to see the seventeenth tier if I'm honest. James found a uh a two-hole sort of lead going, you know, and he looked in good shape down 16, didn't he? With mm. a two-hole sort of lead going going down there. I can't really remember whether there was some sort of rules debacle or something to do with the Sims or something, but he ended yeah. up conceding 16. Um, and then James hit the purest, the purest of shanks on 17. Which yeah, I think... A proper took, socket job, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took a few windows out on the jigger. Um, mm. So it was actually a great finish great yeah yeah and then sam cooper who who was um the opposing finalist losing finalist there he had played very nicely um right the way through actually unsurprisingly going and playing every single links course in britain over the last Mm. 18 months two years actually stood him in quite good stead uh for for (laughs) shot making and hitting a few different types of shots so he was very well poised and I think he he sort of left James a little bit behind him, um, hit, a, hit a big drive down there, a big six iron down there. And then, yeah, trapped too much, just tried to sort of dink this this six iron low along the ground from 100 yards or whatever it was. And, and five shots later, I don't think he was at the green, at the green yet, was he? But <laughs> crazy, <laughs> you know. crazy stuff. Artists, Great evening, yeah, it was good fun. Um, so obviously the next day, just head down to Rye, which... Um, is an absolute treat to be able to do. We've got to talk about that ride in. First time getting properly interviewed by accredited media. So yeah, it was quite um it was quite the thing, wasn't it, to be interviewed. I mean we're all nursing considerable hangovers getting to the train at eight thirty at King's Cross. And by the way, I might add, I might have talked about this last year, but the difference between King's Cross and St Pancras is that's not a real Monday. thing for me. So when they say they're oh no you're in a wrong train station that really got me in a bit mm. of a twiz, uh, but they're just across the road from each other and to get on the train and get interviewed and then with a little bit of a sore head to see Sam just kick into performance mode right guys I'm here yeah cookie jar so this is how I started it and just uh, <laughs> <laughs> go from there yeah all oh, right that I did at least seventy five percent of the talking so Bruce what we've we been interviewed for. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you caught me on the back foot a little bit there. I didn't know we were going to go public with this so sort of early. No, in the no, process. okay. No, we, 
Well, no, I don't know. It's just it's quite cool, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. I, 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 I think, think it's cool. Great. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm 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 more of a fan of the, the sort of soft opening, really. But um, <laughs> okay, no, we should leave it then. We should leave we should it. probably leave it. Yeah, should, should we should probably just leave it. I, we've really really wet the appetite there. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more more to come on that front in uh, in the coming weeks and months. Um, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving swiftly on though. Uh, so that that train journey, yeah, went quite quickly actually. After, after all that, once you, once you sort of cast that interview to one side, there wasn't much else that was said really. Um, but yeah, train from Panc- St Pancras to Ashford, and then a little twenty-minute stop, um, stop over Ashford, and then catching the train from there down to Rye. Which I must admit, I mean, spirits were weren't all that high. I don't as think. high as last year just purely because i mean we'd had a great night the night before but this cold snap which as of the 13th of december we're we're very much in the in the midst of it um that was really starting to come in um on 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 thursday night friday morning um and on the train down and particularly on that change over ashford it was like really starting to bite that 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 cold air and we were just looking at sort of frosty frozen field upon frosty frozen mm. field as we got further and further south just looking at it thinking there was not you know a ray of sunshine literally in sight and the the prospect of playing golf um was was pretty bleak I and mean, it looked like we'd gone a long way for a really nice lunch of, of, of fish and <laughs> chips at the in the rye lunch table so um, that was the best comment it's a long way to come for fish and chips this yeah box. i mean they had excellent fish and chips i, I thoroughly recommend lunch at ryan on friday but um yeah it is it is a very long way to go in in jacket and tie just to have lunch and what was amazing was when you get there there's about 14 of us and then I think the club were playing Porth Call or something. So yeah. there was about another, there's at least another 24 guys or so there. And it's like you've got no chance of playing golf. All you can do is hang around until lunch. And then I think, I think Jamie went out and did a pitch inspection about 11 ish, didn't he? And said, <clears throat> Yeah, this is good to go after lunch. You've got no problems. It just about thawed. Mm. But when you've got a room, you know, you talk about, again about the great rooms, the atmosphere in that room. Like the game had never been more alive than it had yeah. that morning amongst the, about thirty or forty people who couldn't get near the golf course and did nothing but just mingle, you know, have a few drinks together, you know, meet a few people. It was just, it was a really nice little atmosphere, actually, wasn't it? Um, it was really, really cool to yeah. live. Spoiler alert: that's in one of my great rooms in golf, um, the the the, the bar it? there at Rye. Because yeah, your ball's hanging so. on the side. <laughs> No, but no, for exactly <laughs> the reasons you, we're going to walk straight past that. I'm not going to be engaged. Um, no, for the reasons you've just outlined there. Beautifully, Sam. Mm. Um, yeah, just having like 30, 30 plus people just in that room, all kind of chatting to one another, mingling and, and having a couple of drinks, looking out on a very beautiful scene, uh, you know, looking at the sort of frost on the, on, you know, on the links at Rye not looking like we're really going to play. But as you said, I mean, it got to 11 o'clock and in the space of like 20 minutes, it just seemed to completely disappear, that, yeah. that frost. And then the sun started to sort of break through a little bit later. And it was like, oh, wow, okay, we actually need to, we actually need to go and play golf. Let's let's go and have a bit of lunch and, and, and then get, get booted to, to go out and play. I think when it's like 9.30 and you're in the Rye Clubhouse and you're in jacket and tie with a Guinness in your hand and there's like, 
important brandies going on and you're kind of <clears throat> staring out the window into a frosty a frosty course that looks like it's never going to thaw. It's almost like staring into the abyss. You kind of ask yourself these questions. Am I going to survive the next eight to ten hours? Am I capable of doing this? Yeah. We didn't know when luckily, the day was going mean, to end up. I think when thawed and we were able to get out there, you know, I didn't have to face my demons. I could just go and at least have two or three hours break. But I think that's part of it as well. You know, obviously it was a, it's a it's a decent journey to get there. But looking out at a course that you know is such great fun and and so brilliant to play, mm. um, it's kind of all the more um, difficult to accept that you might not actually be able to get out and play golf. But alas, that was um, that was an eventuality we didn't have to deal with because we we had a fantastic lunch, didn't we? Nice long table that was um, kindly sort of arranged for us by the club um, in the in the dining room. And then uh, 14 of us, so obviously, you know, only two ball golf at Rye, 14 of us um, at lunch and going out to play. And um, and I think, you know, obviously it goes without saying, when there's 14 of you, you need to play a single at the back. And I don't think there's ever a sort of sure sign that you're in great company when no one wants to put their self, put themselves forward to play play that singles match at the back no. everyone wanted to settle some sort of foursomes grudge match in one form or another which was just a great yeah. sign of like a really healthy fun group that that just you know love love the game great fun, chose two it? captains and it was kind of like schoolyard games again wasn't it point point at someone and pick who's on your team so it's always mm. good fun to know that you could be that guy that's last last pointed at <laughs> I was reassured that I was in Bruce, I was in Bruce's top six picks for his side, which I thought was just brilliant to know. It's just <laughs> beautiful. Um, but look, we've we've indulged it. I think it it was you know it was another great day, wasn't it? I I got to circle back on these events and stuff. You know, I think you know we're finishing twenty twenty two now. And we've done the spring meeting and the Christmas party, and you know, if I'm honest, things just it just gets away from you, doesn't it? Trying to get these things set up. Yeah. But I feel totally committed to making more events happen next year. Even the little small ones, you know, even if there's yeah. more 12 and 14 man events at, you know, a place like a small meetup, you know, maybe they don't all need to be super grand 70 people jobs because they take a shitload of logistics. Um, and, you know, how we do that and how we build that into the plans for next year, I think we need to figure out, you know, they're, they're popular, you know, they're, it's a, they're great events to come to, so I think we need to do some thinking pretty pretty quickly and over Christmas about how we bring that to life a little bit. Yeah, that was it was a unanimous, really, wasn't it? When we we kind of came away from those those two days, just think hear it so often, but the the people that you meet in golf are just like the best people, and and there's so many brilliant kindred spirits out there. So if we can do a few more events next year to try and bring those people together, then uh, we're going to have a bloody great time doing it. Spoiler alert. There is something in the pipeline for the early part of next year. Definitely something in Q1, probably something looking around halfway through the year as well. So please do keep your eyes peeled for when that gets announced because this one's going to be a goodie. Mm. We're very excited well, about this one. You're not going to believe what comes next. <laughs> this I think it's bay. looking like a hot We need to do a thing on clickbait. So, uh, my wife's there. She saw something the other day that she sent me. There was a picture of a dog and said, the dog wouldn't give birth. And when the, when the vets saw the x-ray, 
he called the police. <laughs> I was like, it's <laughs> outrageous clickbait thing. We should do a whole thing on clickbait, I think, actually, while we're at it. But no, you will not believe what's coming up. So we got to, I've got to tell you this, boys. I haven't told you, actually. So I was on a podcast uh, a couple of days ago with a, with a bunch of guys called The Tie. Um, two American guys, Henry and Walker, to quite a really cool part. They actually, you know, topically not, not dissimilar to this, actually, um, in terms of its focus, really. And we've been messaging backwards and forwards, you know, for a while. Anyway, on their podcast, I was on there, you know, talking about Cookie Jar and all the great work I've been doing there. Um, and, <laughs> not even a joke. Are. It's not even a joke. And they do this thing called the dirt at the start of the pod. And the dirt is D-E-E-R-T. And it's basically, what have you been drinking? What have you been eating? What have you been reading? And what have you been thinking about? Trying to get through that early segment of the podcast in full knowledge of what I'd eaten and drunk in the previous 48 hours was not the easiest time, I must admit. But I think I got through it unscathed. Um, what do you have to do? Do you yeah. have to list out every single spirit? Yeah, no, no, no. It's more sort of like just holistic. So, you know, they'll ask people, oh, what are you drinking? And it'll be like, oh, I'm really into my coffee. And they'll talk about their, you know, their process of making coffee or whatever. Not, this is how I pressed on for six hours in a fairly anti-social time of the day at rye drinking to excess and then we had to talk about what i'd eaten i i, I was pretty sure that friday would have been a ten thousand calorie day minimum i left that pod feeling utterly appalled at myself if i'm honest but uh <laughs> yeah great, Good. great stuff. When, i think that pod when, will be out yeah when do we get to hear well, that i think probably back end of this week so uh not not 100 certain but maybe thursday thursday friday should be good. I did like a little English tour for them. So Ooh, they wanted good. to know like a, what would a tour around England look like, you know, if you were on a bit of a budget and they were like, Oh, I'll give you $1,500, $1,500 for green fees. And we want seven courses over five days. And I was like, guys, $1,500 is just a shitload of money over here. Mm-hmm. You only realize when you start doing this sort of stuff, our concept of value, perhaps maybe with the American market is slightly different. So I went and did them a hundred and forty pound golf trip, which gave them five courses, just as a little bonus. <laughs> it's That's doable. It, it's doable. Hundred and forty quid. Like you, oh, so what were your like courses Matt, there? Go on, must just be rattle. in the Cotswolds. Must be in the Cotswolds. Uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah, you land at Sunningdale Heath and then you go and play the Cotswold massive. So there's four of them out there. Um but then I was like, Well, if I was spending fifteen hundred dollars on a golf trip, then and I had to spend all that money, then I would have to I'd have to subject that person to a lot of traveling. So instead, it was like we looked at some cool Heathland tracks, and there's a bit of a Lynx venture in there, but I don't want to spoil it, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, no, quite right. Well, I'm excited. Go check though. out the tie. Good. Well, yeah, for that, that's just this wants to be a short, sharp... We've always managed to make it 40 minutes, but a short, sharp wrap-up of the, uh, of the events coming up. We've got shortly, coming in the next sort of... Next month or so is when we're going to start to drip feed out the Netherlands material that's been slowly accumulating on our on our computers. We've got lots and lots coming up from that trip that we did back at the back end of October. So please do keep your eyes and ears peeled. I'm sure we'll touch base before those things get released. But well, the footage is looking good. The footage is looking really good, Tom. I, I was looking at the Eindhoven day and just trying to sort of piece some content around that. And I stumbled across the new Elon Musk OpenAI chat GPT tool. 
which actually I thought was quite impressive. Um, so I asked it to write me 800 words about Eindhoven and Chagall, and I actually gave up on the third sentence when it told me it was designed by Tom Morris. I think the AI, <laughs> I, I think the AI engine had started to create a work of fiction at that point. Um, weird that stuff but it's amazingly potent there are quite, some, quite nice bits about it being a combination of links and parkland and and uh, i think it 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 did really get a lot wrong but i think it was probably translating dutch into english at the same time so but some of it's I, incredible isn't it i think it just tells you about the health of the game though we're we're in the sort of but deeper than the ai yeah we're in the, we're in a niche spot that not even elon musk's own ai can probe mm. the depths of sort of ai has not taken us over and made us redundant quite yet if those 800 words were good though it had half a chance at one point yeah, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> give anyway, it six months tom you like to close the part i'll let, i'll leave this one to you oh thank you well i will try anyway let's keep your eyes and ears peeled until next time adios watch this Oh, my God.